This is One Heat Minute. Drop of a hat, these guys will rock and roll. What's your name? Wayne Grove. Look like gangbangers working the local 7-Eleven to you. Robbery homicides take me. Give me all you got! Listen, Give me all you got! I do what I do best. I take scores. You do what you do best. Trying to stop guys like me. A podcast dedicated to all 170 minutes of Michael Mann's LA crime opus Heat, one minute at a time. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to One Heat Minute. I'm your host, Blake Howard, and joining me today is a man who's written all over the place in Oz. He's a film writer and a culture writer at places like Junkie and Vice, and sometimes may have heard him on ABC. He's a co-founder of GraffitiWithPunctuation.net, and you would know him as at MrCamW because he tweets, ladies and gentlemen, more than any other human being I know. His name is Mr. Cameron Williams. Sir, thank you so much for joining me for a couple of minutes of Michael Mann's crime epic heat. Oh, Blake, it's such an honor to speak to one of the world's eminent voices on heat. <laughs> Yourself is such a huge fan. It's, it's, a, it's a real pleasure to be on the show. Thanks so much for inviting me on. Dude, thank you so much. Look, it's uh, this is a great minute. I'm super excited to, uh, I mean, I've probably said that now almost 22 times out of the, the 22 episodes you've heard already. Um, but this minute is sort of sensational because we've seen... Uh, a lot about the, the the crime scenes. We're seeing a lot about um, the unpacking of the crime scenes, sort of demonstrating the professionalism of both, you know, Neil's crew and then Vincent's detective team. But this is a little bit about home life. This is a little bit about the fallout and what happens. And um, this very first minute, I will share it with you guys. You guys can have a listen and then we're going to unpack it. We get to really meet uh, the sensational Ashley Judd as Charlene Chahalis and see... Val Kilmer's Chris and how he relates to her and if there are enough stakes in the freezer. Cam, let's watch. Yeah. Where is it? Uh, square the bookies, baby. It's more in a couple of days, so don't square it. Come on, we really are late. Yeah, come on. You gotta be kidding me. Honey, it ain't worth the risks you take for 8000 Like in risk versus reward, baby. Let's go. Get your coat. There is no point talking to you because all you are is a child growing older. What's this supposed to mean? It means we're not making forward progress like real grown-up adults live in our lives because I'm married to a gambling junkie who won't listen. Charlene, get in the fucking car. What am I doing in this rat bastard situation? You're not! What do you want from me? Leave the bank book and the car keys in the kitchen on your way out the door. Now, are we going or are we going along? You could keep that other crap, but Dominic would go with me. Don't you think about Cam, some good minute. Some good Uh, minute. Yeah, something that really surprised me revisiting this film was this is where you start to really feel kind of the structure of the film coming into play. And you think you know these guys based on what you mentioned before. You know, we learn how professional they are. We learn about the precision. We kind of learn about the power dynamics within the team in terms of who's the leader, who decides who lives and who dies and how everything comes together, how they, you know, bring in stringers and the relationships between people that are used to working as part of the crew and then some of the shadier characters that come into it. Um, And then we start to learn about these guys' home lives. And so 
for me on on this revisit of the film after seeing it so many times like i was just kind of amazed at the structure i thought you think you know these guys and then you start to slowly see bits and pieces of their home lives and it's really fascinating because it starts to it starts to set up what the stakes are um of the film from i guess a personal level for each character and you know in that scene the thing that stood out for me the most in that scene is the audio cue of the child crying yes um, which I think is, you know, you think this is, you think, uh, I think, I think in this scene, because I guess Kilmer has that kind of blonde ponytail look, it's quite a luxurious house, you know, she's out sitting by the pool counting the money. Um, and, you know, Ashley Judd, you know, she's such a dynamic um, actress with such a strong presence in this scene that you really feel like in the beginning, like, okay, yep, he's a, a young couple living together. They're living a high lifestyle. They've probably got no worries in the world. They've probably got no responsibilities. So, of course, they can live this kind of lifestyle. And then once they, you find out that they have a kid, it completely changes the structure of the scene and you realise that you kind of, you're seeing a family fighting. And it totally changes the way that you look at Val Kilmer's character and the way that he interacts with other characters throughout the film. Um, it, it's a really important scene. And I think, yeah, the during this revisit, that that cry for me just stood out big time. Yeah, and I think that one of the things about Christian Hellas's character, so Val Kilmer, uh, is that there's this sort of, I don't know, it's like a glazed unpredictability over him. So, like, when Neil's there, as you said, there's this great power dynamic, there's a, a really stringent hierarchical structure in both of the crews. And then you get his character, and there's something in the eyes. You just don't know what it is. And I think that level of unpredictability, you start to see underneath it, and... I love here just in the dialogue when she's talking to him about, you know, risk versus versus reward and him just sort of wanting to keep moving forward. So you, you see that in the, in, in the context of, you know, exceptionally high stakes, you know, um, you know, robbery and things like that. He's, he's totally fine. That's where he's at home. That's where he's sort of got this dead calm over his face. And when he's here, it's very flippant. He's, he's loosey goosey. He just wants to sort of get out of there and, 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 and do this entire thing. And you see that. And she's just like, no, 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 seriously. We're, I'm trying to have an adult conversation with you right now, which is if you walk into the house and give me $8,000 after a cut of like $300,000 for this insane thing, where you could literally die every time that you go out the door, this is a massive concern. Like we're not living the high life. And I think exactly what you said, that baby's cry does a number of things. It like reinforces you're seeing the family dynamic happen. But I think also is it, it kind of takes away this facade. The facade's all beautiful and all glossy and all, you know, you know, you know, these are two beautiful people in 1995. Um, you know, I'm talking, um, Ashley Judd is still very beautiful, but Val Kilmer has had uh, some ballooning. Um, but uh, <laughs> um, I would say like, you know, you've got these two beautiful blonde people in this, you know, very, um, you know, it's sort of seventies looking, um, LA, um, home. And, uh, you know, it's, it looks like somewhere that a boogie nights party would break out in basically. Um, and you've got these guys and then no, she's wanting to have a conversation. No, we need to, you know, let, let's talk about the bank book. Let's talk about this. Mm, and I'm so fascinated too, in this scene by how I like, I, I'm still kind of trying to figure it, figuring it out. And I'm sure you've got a better grasp on this, but you really do feel like in Kilmer's performance that he's quite, he's quite shaken up by what happens during the heist um, in relation to the fact that they have to take out all of the guards. Um, and I think if you watch him kind of in one of the previous diner scenes and you watch him throughout, like even though he is cool and calm in the situation, you can kind of feel that he is shook a little bit. 
And moving towards this scene in the house, like the fact that he keeps talking about, I just want to go out, let's go out, let's go out. You can really feel that this is where he really needs to let off steam. Yeah, um, I think that's a great point. I mean, you only have to look at his eyes in this scene. Like he's clearly had a couple of drinks or something else. And so he's like, let's go, let's go, let's go. What are we doing? Yeah, let's that's, go, that's what really stuck out for me. I was just blown away by during that scene how he just constantly is like on that track of like, I just want to go out, let's do this. And exactly what you just mentioned. Um, and a lot of his dialogue in that scene is just kind of saying like, try, like his motivation in that scene is he, he just wants to get home. He wants to get his wife and they, they want to go out. That's what, what he needs to do. And then, like you said, he is, she's trying to have a, a serious conversation about their livelihood and you know that really triggers him and sets him off and you know he does kind of get aggressive and throw things around and I think you can just feel that it's that pressure building up that he then kind of releases in that scene that has a lot to do with what he's experienced um you know from what we've seen in the beginning of the film um but it's a yeah it's 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 a really great scene that's played really well and also it fits in perfectly with the sequence of of events that are to that are kind of that man is playing out so in the next few scenes you know we do get to see how these men interact with women and how they let off steam and how they live their lives when they're not doing the heist so it's 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 really well it's really well planned out um to i guess expand because these guys this this team could have easily just been a bunch of goons you know they could have easily just been guys that you know you don't get to really know all you do you know they're only defined by their actions during the heist but man takes the time to go okay i've i've given you the big kind of heist sequence to show you how these guys operate as professional criminals now i'm going to show you why they do it and what motivates them and how they live their lives and tell people what they do for a living and and kind of function in society um and i think this scene is is a really great I guess start to that that sequence of kind of home life scenes. Yeah, and one of the things that I love about this sequence as well, and I've just and 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 for people at home, they know that we we sort of track back and forth through the minutes and have a look at it. But just from a from a composition perspective, Chris is like a like he's just running around in the scene. He feels like he's just moving constantly, and when the camera is following him, it's got like a manic feel. It sort of mirrors that that energy. Like I just want to get the hell out of here. I want to get the hell out of here. That sort of st- you know stumbling and stuttering um, sort of energy. And I love there's like if you if you are following along and freeze frame at home, we're not on the definitive edition of Heat. We're on the classic um, edition uh, on Blu-ray, the Warner Brothers Blu-ray. Um, if it, just at 22 minutes and 30 seconds, there's a great freeze that just shows if you freeze it, you'll see how Ashley Judd is composed. She's very still. And even though the camera's looking down on her because he's standing up on, on the ledge, she is just this picture of stillness. She's filling up the frame. She's looking at him and we're kind of getting this perspective of him looking down at her. And she is, you know, she's just talking to him, trying to keep it structured. And he's walking around, grabbing keys, fiddling with his coat, walking up and down. And, and I just love that even from um, a very sort of movement and choreography sense, these characters are, are, are demonstrating everything that not only are they saying, but they're sort of demonstrating their character's presence in their movement. Ashley Judd, very still, very stoic, very strong. And Chris, in this sense, she goes, she literally says, like she predicts his behavior. You're just like a child growing older and he throws you know, he throws something mm. and smashes a glass. Like she is dealing with a tantrum right now um, to a certain extent. So she's got that mum, that mum stability and strength that's there and, and, and go reinforces that perfectly with that cue of that crying of a uh, little baby Dominic. Yeah. And um, 
and one of the, I think Kilmer's like physicality in that scene being so frantic, the scene where he kind of leaps over, does he leap over the couch or there's like a railing? He, yes. he covers, yeah. he covers like a huge gap between himself and Judd in the scene, like brilliantly. And I find this is what I find really interesting about, I guess the mantra of each of the male characters in this film, because as we grown to know, like repeatedly, you know, Neil has his whole speech prepared about what to do, you know, when the heat comes and being willing to drop everything like, and just walk away, which, you know, has been kind of a big part of like a lot of man's films, that kind of that mantra and that, that mentality. And I find it really interesting in this scene. And I think I didn't pick up on it. Like again, revisiting it picked up on so much more, but I find it really interesting as a contrast that Neil has that mindset of like drop everything and go. But in this scene, when he gets, when Chris gets threatened, he says he applies the same logic that Neil has to Ashley Judd, but he says, take everything, but the kid, leave the kid. Yeah. So his mindset is, if you want to leave, just take take the bank book, take everything, and go, and we'll never see you again. But leave the kid. Yes. Which I find, which I find fascinating because his mentality is, you know, he's, you know, so he's basically saying, I'm, I'm, I'm ready to become a single father if need be. <laughs> like you can go if you want. Which is, which is a really interesting dynamic, um, as compared to Neil, who would probably just say, um, who would probably just like walk away, walk away from everything. You know, yeah. so and it's, it's also, really interesting. And and she and and that jump, um, it happens at about sort of you know about ten seconds left in this minute, twenty two minutes and sort of fifty odd seconds. And it's and it's launched by Ashley Judd sort of getting a two end index fingers and she's points at him and goes, "You can take that crap, but Dominic stays with me." And she's like, she's pointing at him, and then when she says Dominic staying with me, she points at herself, and he leaps over and sort of steps on the couch and gets in her face to an extent to sort of exert his dominance um, there because, you know, he's not, and he, he, he's still, but he won't, she, she's not intimidated by him. She does move back because of his leap forward, but she's not intimidated by him at all. And that's, and she's just standing there. Like he gets right in her face and she's looking at him. She's, her, her eyes are fierce. And then he sort of gets up, smashes another frame as he's walking out the door and then he's gone. Basically like the last the last second of this minute that we're just covering is him just sort of flipping a frame off the door and walking out. So yeah, it's really interesting. I, I, hadn't, I hadn't thought so much about that prospect of single father as well. Right. Cause he's like, you know, you can take everything, but the kid is something different. The kid is not yeah, I think, disposable. Yeah, I think, I think it's Kilmer's appearance. Cause he looks like a bad guy from Die Hard. Like he's got the <laughs> blonde ponytail. He's got the blonde ponytail. He very much looks like the kind of henchman that we've seen in kind of like a whole decade of like action films so um i think our expectations of him just based on appearances alone are like oh he's gonna be a real he's gonna be a real bad guy he's gonna be a real goon and as as the film goes on and this scene in particular it establishes like what his personal stakes are which i think makes us learn a bit more about him beyond his appearance and i it's a really interesting choice i don't know like you know based on the stories i've heard about kilmer and i haven't read about whether he misbehaved on the set of heat but I, I I kind of do wonder how much of like his appearance and look was you know a byproduct of his method, yeah. or um, whether it was like something mandated by um, man. But it's um yeah I think a lot of his appearance is there's a lot of expectations based on that appearance, and I think you could probably talk a lot about how when you first see him in the film what everyone first thinks. 
Um, <laughs> but I know, I know just from, you know, the first time I ever saw Heat and kind of, you know, encountered the film, you know, as soon as you see a blonde guy with a ponytail in any <laughs> movie, you always are just going to go like, oh yeah, this guy's going to be a real badass. So, <laughs> uh, yeah. It's, um, I'm not sure. That's a great question. I'd love, you know, as we, as we go along this journey, maybe there's some more stories of Kilmer's, um, method, um, on Heat, but I, I know very, other than sort of very, you know, a wholehearted commitment to sort of tactical training that's demonstrated in all his awesome proficiency with weapons throughout the film. Ashley Judd actually spent a lot of time um, in the lead-up to this film interviewing wives of career criminals. Um, and oh, wow. Um, yeah, it's one of those man things. It's, you know, there'll be more and more stories as we go through this podcast, but I thought it would be really interesting to sort of go down that digression right now. And she talked about, the, you know, what their what their role was. And I think there's that, that natural sense of like, you know, and Austin Powers said it best with like the henchman's wife and son that you never think about. But I think that, um, you know, in man, it's, it's, you know, they're talking about these career criminals and, and, and their wives and they'll, you know, their wives are involved. I think that's a really interesting change, right? Cause you, you make this assumption that, oh yeah, no, they're just, you're, they're oblivious and they don't know what's going on. She's very aware of what's going on. In fact, she knows exactly how much money he should be getting from a job and she's making enough of a, um, she's in, involved enough to know that there's a risk versus reward and she's not happy with what his cut is based on what he's doing outside of work, his extracurricular blowing off steam activities. Um, so yeah, I love that about this. And yeah, so her character and her performance is informed by, you know, these women, um, who, you know, some of them are, you know, suffer from domestic violence and things like that because they're, you know, with these, you know, high intensity people who are doing this high intensity illegal stuff. Um, and I think she just, for me, it, it it just her her entire performance just reeks of someone who will just stare down the barrel and do anything as a, as a sort of a fierce mother and a character who's not going to be intimidated by these people. And I think, you know, upcoming we talk about you know later on, uh, you know, there's a, a an amazing exchange between De Niro and Ashley Judd um, in a hotel room. But you know, that's the most formidable person who really stands up to Neil at his in his fury. <laughs> you know, everyone else just sort of is scared really um but yeah it's a, such an interesting performance and and yeah and just another one of those details um that uh, uh i believe anna zenis would say if you've heard that episode so far she talks about man's you know insane preparation and documentary realism and then hyper stylization on top of it and i think that's what's great about this scene and great about this sequence yeah because it's very much a uh i mean <laughs> you know um having limited experience with a life of crime, um, you know, I think a lot of the times, really? like you mentioned, I thought, I thought well, you were a career criminal at this point. Come on, man. Shh, shh. Um, I'm in the witness protection program. <laughs> um, the, it's really, it really is a lifestyle choice. And I think in, you know, we're used to kind of the, the stories in, in film of like d people leading double lives. So, you know, mm. they're kind of going out and doing horrible things and then they're coming home and it's like the perfect family that are unawares who think their partner is, you know, selling tiles in Minnesota. And it's all kind of like, it's all kind of like, Oh, isn't everything great. And I've got to keep this dark secret. Whereas in this, it's very much open and honest. And it says this scene in particular says, you know, this is the lifestyle choice. And she is, um, she is all in and, you know, yeah, she does act as the bookkeeper. Um, yeah. and she's kind of, she's kind of doing that thing, you know, like where the wife takes on balancing the budget and making sure that everything at home is, is, you know, in order, but you know, her, she has this acute awareness of what is going on. 
Um, and yeah, I wonder what the psychology around that is like, you know, in terms of at what point do they as a couple agree that this is the lifestyle that they're going to live? Um, you know, it's not like they get married and then on the wedding night, he's like, oh, by the way, I do heists for a living <laughs> and you're going to have to weather a lot of really shady stuff. Um, you know, yeah, sweetie, point, you may have noticed the, uh, AR-13 assault rifle in the back of my car. That's just a work thing. <laughs> Honey, you're not what in the, I, you're not in the police force. No, no, uh, I'm 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 a high, you know I'm a, I'm a criminal, a career criminal. You know, yeah, it's it's yeah. Where so, where where does that come up in your Tinder date? You know, where does that yeah, exactly exactly? Yeah. And also too, like in 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 her background, like you know, what what are the pathways that leads her to, you know, having this awareness and being able to kind of you know to understand you know what a cut of a heist is. And, you know, so obviously we, based on this scene alone, we'd learn a lot about these characters just based on this fight that they have, which I think is really, you know, that's really great screenwriting and it's really great character work from both Judd and Kilmer um, in that, you know, I really feel like I'm getting their backstory in this scene um, without having to kind of ask too many questions about, okay, how did they meet? Um, at what point yeah. did he tell her, you know, like all those kind of things. So I think this scene does a lot of heavy lifting in the scope of the whole story as do all the subsequent all the, all the subsequent scenes where we get to see the home lives of most of the main characters well i think that's a perfect segue is that you know what what is so tantalizing about one heat minute is that often i can't leave you in the midst of a scene because we're literally stopping and kilmer is in the middle of a fight and he's about to leave the house and and, and get out of there and i'm making you pause i'm not allowing you to talk further but mr cam williams would you Dare join me for another episode of One Heat Minute to see what happens in the fallout of their fight, their tiff, and to examine what happens in the beyond minutes. I'm as passionate about doing another Heat Minute as I am Kilmer doing that rage reverse out of the driveway. So I'm, I'm, all, in for a, I'm all in for another Heat Minute. Oh, rage reverse out of the driveway. I can't wait either. Guys, thank you so much for listening to another One Heat Minute. Um, thank you so much to Cam for joining us as well. At MrCamW on the Twitters if you want to find him there. That will lead you off onto his many other things. I'm more at MrCamW on Instagram. I've been Blake Howard at BlakeIsBatman. The website is oneheatminute.com and if you know anyone that we desperately need to have on the show or if you've got any things that you want to email through that we haven't talked about yet it's mail at oneheatminute.com is the email address email us through at any time and thank you so much for our music to mr paul davies thank you to garth franklin for website design and we'll catch you next episode on one heat minute